This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold. And I am so happy to be back here. On pain.tv, folks, we just came off, I think, a fantastic six-part series on Elon Musk and his brain chip company, Neuralink. And through that six-part series, we were able to tie together a lot of the sort of physical technology needed to advance the crazy ideas of People like Ray Kurzweil, a big thinker in the technocratic movement over the last several decades. He is the chief engineer over at Google. People like Dennis Bushnell at NASA, chief scientist for the last 40 years. And so what we were able to show was that Neuralink, Elon Musk AI brain chip, is basically a Bluetooth-enabled internet Wi-Fi hub that is going to be plugged into your head after they drill a hole in your skull. Slice open the protective layer surrounding your brain, insert a thousand wires with over a thousand electrodes on each wire down into your brain, and then suck your thoughts out of your head and transfer them via this Bluetooth chip up to the AI hive mind cloud of which Kurzweil and the rest of the gang talk about. So that six part series is very important. Also within there, we mixed in some other information about Instacart and uh, touched on the beginning of AI foundation run by a gentleman named Lars Butler, which we are going to get into in this show. And the reason why we are moving from Musk to Butler is because one, and this is actually less important, but one, Peter Thiel, the billionaire Silicon Valley libertarian, as they like to say, he was one of the only, which is, which is not true. They say that he was Donald Trump's only Silicon Valley, uh, Valley backer in 2016. Look, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump went out there to events and kissed the asses of people like Jeff Bezos of Amazon and others. Donald Trump had Bill Gates up to the Trump Tower during the transition. So to believe that Donald Trump only had one Silicon Valley backer, Peter Thiel, is just total BS. Thiel does play an instrumental part 
in all of this because his money spreads far and wide. He's involved in political movements. He's involved with the CIA. He's involved with the IRS. He's involved with the technocracy. And so what I am planning on doing as an introduction to Peter Thiel is hopefully in the next day or two, I will be interviewing Maria Albanese, a fan favorite of the Thomas Paine podcast, of which she appears every Friday with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast and Paine.tv. And so Maria has done a lot of research on Peter Thiel over the years, so we are going to hopefully do an interview with Maria where the first hour she will debrief me on my trip to Poland and discuss some of the things I have not talked about yet. And then the second hour, we will do an introduction to Peter Thiel, which will then help me shape up the shows I will be doing next week on Peter Thiel. So, one, Lars Butler is important to this story because now Peter Thiel and his company Founders Fund, which invests in all of these technocratic prison planet companies and softwares and programs is now connected to Lars Butler. And as we know, Peter Thiel is invested in Neuralink as well as several other of Elon Musk companies. And they go all the way back together to the PayPal mafia, which was the original group that started PayPal and made a bunch of money off it that supplied these young technocratic entrepreneurs with their billions of dollars that they went on to use to run programs like Neuralink and SpaceX and Palantir for and on behalf of the United States government through DARPA, NASA, the CIA, and such. And the other reason why Butler is important, particularly his company AI Foundation, is because AI Foundation is actually focused on Two major things, the way I see it, in my opinion, is that one, they are helping to push forward the normalization of the concept of mind twinning by creating cutesy, synthetic, CGI, deepfake video versions of celebrities and of yourself if you would like to take part in their human trials. And making it look cool and hip and taking this AI hive mind, this AI mind twin of you and adding a human element skin to it, which is the synthetic CGI puppet. So it's essentially a video game lifelike avatar of yourself that speaks and communicates through your mind twin, which is a copy of your brain. But when people interact with it at this level, they're seeing a cute CGI avatar of yourself. So they're helping to normalize the mind twinning technology. But at the same time, this mind twinning technology, the software they're developing, I see that this will become the software, the backbone for software, Uh, At least this is the test pilot, the study, the beta testing for the type of software that will capture the information sucked out of your head that Neuralink will transfer via Bluetooth up to the cloud eventually through Internet. 
And later on, we will further examine Elon Musk's other company, Starlink, that is building the satellite system around the Earth in which will, what I believe, probably power this AI hive mind and this digital matrix metaverse world. And so that's why Butler really fits into this. And again, you'll see he's a total creep. He's like Klaus Schwab. He's like Yuval Noah Harari, Henry Kissinger, George Soros, this type of really creepy individual. And I had some personal um, sort of business, personal business connections to AI Foundation, which I will show during this episode. I will show email communication back and forth with AI Foundation from a few years back. So that's why we have to get into Lars Butler next. The other thing is Lars Butler is generally, and and I listen to a lot of content, and if I'm wrong, excuse me, but I don't believe that anyone has really touched on Lars Butler in this circle of journalism, in this uh, niche genre. And so I want to bring him to your attention so that you can let others know, uh, other great investigative journalists out there in this realm, Whitney Webb, Jason Burmis. I would even say this would be interesting for Sam Tripoli on his show, Tinfoil Hat, to let some of these people know that there is another player who is actually advancing the mind-twinning technology. Now, I know many of you have communicated to me through Twitter, through pain.tv and other places that I should interview Allison McDowell. Now, I've been following Allison McDowell, or followed. She is no longer on Twitter. Uh, she does have a website, Wrench in the Gears. But I followed Allison McDowell at the suggestion of Maria Albanese a couple of years back. And she really did have a lot of great research um, she's done a lot of great podcasts, fantastic information. I have nothing bad to say about the information that Allison puts out. But about six months ago, so long before I started the show, Allison blocked me on Twitter. Uh, I can't even recall why. I think I had asked her a question. As many of you know, she is not the type of person that you can ask questions uh, to or she gets upset and she will block people. So and it, and it was pertinent to her work. I was not breaking her balls. So as I've said to many of you who've communicated to me, I've said to even Maria, I would gladly have a conversation with Allison McDowell. The problem is I'm not going to jump through hoops to find her if she doesn't want to uh, play in the sandbox. Then so be it. She does not have a. Uh, you know, copyright on the research that's that's out there. A lot of this is all open source research, except for instance, I'm going to share information with my communications with AI Foundation that's not open source information. It will be once I put it out there. But like Mike, I have, uh, you know, not as much as Mike, but I have a very rich history um, in various corporate-driven industries because of my unique past in developing and producing corporate entertainment for every company from LinkedIn to Microsoft over the years. So I was privy to a lot of sort of insider information because I went to a lot of corporate events, annual dinners and such. 
and worked on projects for some of these companies. Nothing at high level. I wasn't building uh, brain scanning devices. We were developing customized comedy for sales conferences and for Christmas parties and such. But, you know, it allowed me to poke around and and uh, gather intel, and and so that's the situation. But Allison does block me. Uh, if anyone knows her, you want to ask her if she would want to come on, that is fine. I would gladly do it. I will talk to anyone. So, now that we got that out of the way, because you guys keep emailing me about this, uh, just know it is not me. Uh, that that there's no. I'm not trying to hide any anybody. I'm not trying to uh, compete with anyone. So feel free to um, to tell Allison. I'd love to have her on the show if she wants to do it. I'll go on her show as well if she has one. Okay, so what I'm going to need to do before we get into AI Foundation and Lars Butler. And trust me, this ties in. Yesterday, there was a couple of websites that were down when I was showing you the research on the investors behind Neuralink. And I was not able to load those websites. It was not on our end. Somebody was having server issues yesterday, and it was not us. So I was able to pull up those articles. And even though yesterday I said, you know, we don't need them, I think the information that was in those articles is actually important. So I'm going to briefly cover that, uh, and then that way we can move on from that uh, Neuralink stuff once and for all. Before I do that, let me just show you this, uh, because it was an article I brushed over. And this is from January 20th, 2022, so the beginning of the year. And it says here, Elon Musk brain chip firm Neuralink lines up clinical trials in humans. And we touched on that yesterday, but I wanted to show you that it was actually written in an article. This was The Guardian. In plants that Musk says could allow paralyzed people to walk already tested on a macaque, monkey, and a pig. And you know that. But right here, uh, it just quickly goes through all the information that we covered over the last six episodes. And it says here, uh, quote, we hope to have this in our first humans, which will be people that have severe spinal cord injuries like uh, tetraplegics, quadriplegics next year, pending Food and Drug Administration approval, uh, must hold the Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit. Quote, I think we have a chance with Neuralink to restore full body functionality to someone who has a spinal cord injury. Neuralink's working well in monkeys, and we're actually doing just a lot of testing and just confirming that it's very safe and reliable, and the Neuralink device can be removed safely, end quote. So I just wanted to show you, that was the announcement at the beginning of this year, that he had planned to put microchips in people's head this year. Then a lot of that information went dark, and people were speculating on what was going to happen. So in the middle of us doing this series on August 22nd, two days ago, Elon Musk tweeted, as he loves to do, it says, Elon Musk says a Neuralink update is coming on Halloween. The startup keeps working toward a device that lets humans directly interact with computers via their brains. And so it says here... Uh, Elon Musk's tweet was Neuralink progress update and show and tell on October 31st, Halloween. So there you go. Maybe he's going to unveil on Halloween that he, in fact, has put a Neuralink chip 
into a human brain. Uh, as we covered briefly that he was actually looking for a chief clinical scientist to run the programs back in the beginning of this year in January. But so now he's going to have this big announcement on Halloween. And I thought we should put this in here because obviously we've covered him extensively. And I told you I'd give you an update on the newest information. I just did not have time to jam it in the show yesterday. So I figured I'd do it at the top of this show. So if any of you are listening who have the brain chip in your head, that's going to be fantastic. I will get to watch you on Halloween run around in a pig trough for Elon Musk and his gang of wild scientists. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, we are back. And I only perform for banana shakes. I'm sucking one through my straw right now. So, folks, let me just show you real quick. Uh, On the break, I had mentioned that uh, Musk, before the break, I mentioned that Musk said on Halloween he's going to unveil some new show and tell on Neuralink. But let me just go back real quick, and I just want to read you, because this is from January 2022. Uh, Neuralink had posted an ad. It said, as the clinical trial director, you'll work closely with some of the most innovative doctors and top engineers. They mean Frankenstein scientists, as well as working with Neuralink's first clinical trial participants. The advert for the role in Fremont, California said, Quote, you will lead and help build the team responsible for enabling Neuralink's clinical research activities and developing the regulatory interactions that come with a fast-paced and ever-evolving environment. Right? So that's what came out in January. They were gearing up with a clinical trial director to put a chip inside a human's head this year and now musk comes out and announces that he's got some big news on halloween but this is interesting because in the article that came out a couple of days ago on the halloween announcement it says this company here and i had them written down in some notes but i have not done any investigation on them yet remember we talked about blackrock neurotech that peter thiel's involved with so he's invested in that project as well as in Neuralink. it's another company that is working on a brain chip and as i keep saying to you they're pretty much all related in the end you might have an apple version and an android version but they're all working towards the same goals which is the ability to hijack your mind and upload your thoughts into the cloud but it says right here in may Syngron beat Neuralink to become the first company to implant a brain-computer interface in the United States, something Musk said last year that he hoped his company would accomplish in 2022. Now, we don't know. Maybe Musk did do it first, but he just hasn't announced it yet. He might come out and have a full-blown cyborg on stage. Remember, this is like Tony Stark of Iron Man, and he's going to 
bring his drone suits out on the stage and show you how cool it is. It says Synchron's first device is called the Stentrode, designed for patients with paralysis. See, they all want to help people with paralysis, right? To be able to wirelessly control digital devices through thought. Yes, we want to help people with paralysis be able to use their smartphone and talk on Twitter with their thoughts. That's what we want to do. The company's mission makes no mention of keeping up with artificial intelligence. But remember, Musk on Rogan straight up told you, as did Dennis Bushnell, in his document written for NASA, published by NASA, and in a speech where he represented NASA, that humans are already cyborgs because of the way they interact with their smart devices, and therefore the most logical solution and next logical step in evolution is to implant the brain chip in your head so you could communicate with your smart devices using your brain and not having to use your thumbs. As Musk said, we're very inefficient because we can only communicate back and forth with our phone at the speed of our thumbs. And therefore, we are just not efficient. Now, remember, in yesterday's show, as we broke down the money men, the investors, the financiers behind Neuralink, we showed you, as we did with Instacart, America's biggest grocery gig app, and with some of these new technologies coming out in the frictionless shopping world, that they have investors who are connected to, funded by, partnered with InQtel, which is the CIA's hedge fund. And so, therefore, is Neuralink... Not in part being funded by the United States intelligence community, which is the United States government, which is us, the taxpayers here in the United States. Of course it is. And you can look at this article I have here. I'm not going to go into depth on this because we have to move to Lars Butler, but I just want to show you. This is an article here. Elon Musk hates government subsidies. His companies love them. As Mike Moore pointed out a long time ago, Elon Musk is a welfare queen. He is just like Howard Hughes. If you don't know about Howard Hughes, go watch Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. But a grid analysis of Musk companies shows more than $7 billion in government contracts alone. He also gets major tax subsidies because of Tesla. I'm not going to go into this article. There's no need to. But the headline is important there. A grid analysis of Musk companies shows more than $7 billion in government contracts alone. You do understand. You do understand that all of these big technocrats are partnered with the government. Trump normalized it and mainstreamed it, calling it the public-private partnership. And we were supposed to bounce a ball on our nose and clap our hands like a seal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Public-private partnership. Yes, 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 yes. We love it. The public-private partnership is nothing more than what all of us complained about for many years. It's communism. It's fascism. It's corporatism. When the government and these corporations are working together in sync What the government can't do or doesn't want to do, it has the private sector do. It was the private sector that put the social distancing stickers all over the floors in the grocery stores. 
It was the private sector that put up the plexiglass sneeze guards everywhere. It was the private sector that enforced the mass mandates. It was the private sector that enforced the jab mandates for you to go to work, for you to travel. That was the private sector doing it on behalf of the government in partnership with the government in what we call the public-private partnership. So basically, the companies act as the puppet frontmen for the government, which is what Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and all of these guys are. They are puppet frontmen, pitchmen, Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, Billy Mays. That's what they are for the government. So Musk is floated by over $7 billion in government contracts as of April 2022. And I did some research on this. I'm not going to get into it. But there's even more than that. And let me just show you here. This is from the Washington Post. April 8th, 2022. U.S. quietly paying millions to send Starlink terminals to Ukraine, contrary to SpaceX claims. Right? You got it? And I'll just tell you this briefly, because eventually I will get into Russia, Ukraine, and we are going to get into Starlink in a future episode or episodes. It says here, after Russia launched its invasion. Oh, yeah. This is, in, in my personal opinion, it's all concocted. I talked to military people in Poland, some of which were very intelligent people, who told me that they believe, and remember, Poland now has a U.S. Army base being built in Poland. Sadly, I feel bad for these people in Poland. And the U.S. is there propagandizing Polish children into the glorification of war and how it will be their duty to fight Russia. And the United States is there pushing their empty, soulless corporatism, materialism, and consumerism through crap like McDonald's and Gucci stores and other nonsensical stuff and starting to unleash credit cards and loans and mortgages that did not exist in Poland, giving people access to credit, no, strapping them into a lifetime of debt slavery. The wonderful United States. But it says right here, after Russia launched its invasion, Ukrainian officials pleaded for Elon Musk's SpaceX to dispatch their Starlink terminals to the region to boost internet access. Quote, Starlink service is now active in Ukraine. More terminals en route, end quote, Musk replied to broad online fanfare. Yeah, Elon Musk, Iron Man, coming to the rescue. I am Iron Man. That's what he is, right? Since then, the company has cast the actions in part as a charitable gesture. Quote, I'm proud that we were able to provide the terminals to folks in Ukraine, end quote. SpaceX President Gwen Shotwell said at a public event last month, Shotwell. Sounds like the last name of a, a porn star. At a public event last month, later telling CNBC, quote, I don't think the U.S. has given us any money to give terminals to the Ukraine, Shotwell said. But according to documents obtained by the Technology 202, the United States federal government is in fact paying millions of dollars 
for a significant portion of the equipment and for the transportation costs to get it to Ukraine. On Tuesday, see, this is Musk working on behalf of the United States government. You don't really believe that Elon Musk, a self-proclaimed autistic dude who smokes pot and drinks whiskey on Joe Rogan's show, who works for the technocracy and wants to drill a hole into your skull and put his neurochip inside of your head, you don't think that Musk woke up one day and said, I love the people of Ukraine. I must get them internet now. But according to documents obtained by the Technology 202, the U.S. federal government is in fact paying millions of dollars for a significant portion of the equipment and for the transportation costs to get it to Ukraine. On Tuesday... The United States Agency for International Development, USAID, announced also the same people that helped lead the caravans of illegal aliens and refugees under the Trump administration when we were told our border was being secured, but yet we were actually funding hordes of caravans to come up and invade the United States. So, yes, the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, announced it has purchased more than 1,330 terminals from SpaceX to send to Ukraine, while the company donated nearly 3,670 terminals and the Internet service itself. While the agency initially called it a, quote, private sector donation valued at roughly $10 million, end quote, it did not specify how much it is contributing for the equipment or the cost of transportation. So without going any deeper into this, Elon Musk is funded by the government. For the video audience, I'm scrolling the article. For the audio only, you could check it out at pain.tv or go look it up on the Washington Post. It just says here, USA agreed to purchase closer to 1,500 standard Starlink terminals for $1,500 a piece and to pay an additional $800,000 for transportation costs, blah, 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 adding up to over $3 million in taxpayer dollars paid to SpaceX for the equipment sent to Ukraine. So you are paying for this. You are paying for this technology. And this is not so that we can be nice and send the people of Ukraine internet hubs so that they could watch Netflix while they're supposedly being bombed to smithereens by Putin and the Russians. And as I said, these people in Poland that I met that are very intelligent, they believe that the United States and Russia are and always have been in bed together and that their job is to provoke a World War III scenario to draw everyone in, including countries like Poland, which I told you is sort of the Florida of the European Union, where they resisted a lot of the COVID measures and they resist a lot of the other banker schemes and hold out usually longer than anyone else until they're eventually forced into joining these other wackos in the sandbox to play in the crib with the other children. And so when I get right back, I'm going to show you the two articles we missed yesterday, and then we're going to jump into AI Foundation with Lars Butler and his Mind Twins software. You're going to love this stuff. It's going to freak you out. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we will be right here back on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv. 
slash gold.